0: Welcome to the Enterprise Excellence Podcast, where our purpose is to help
1: create a better future. Learn from our world's experts how to improve your organisation sustainably. Learn how to achieve and sustain an excellence journey for yourself, others, and the planet.
0: I'm your host, Brad Jevons, coming to you from Brisbane, Australia. And I'm your host, Brad Jevons, coming to you from Brisbane, Australia. We are proudly brought to you in association with SA Partners, a world-leading business transformation consultancy. SA Partners are a truly purposeful company focused on helping organizations achieve sustainable improvement for themselves, others, and the planet. Welcome to Episode 38 of the Enterprise Excellence Podcast. I'm so pleased to have George Hodgson on the show with us today. George is passionate about achieving excellence within supply chains. George has worked with organizations such as the Royal Australian Air Force, Army, and the United Nations. George is vice president of the Supply Chain and Logistics Association of Australia. Let's get into the episode, George. Thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Yeah, g'day Brad, and uh, thanks for having me on,
0: George. What what's your backstory, Like What what initially got you involved in supply chain and the whole area of supply chain excellence?
1: Yeah, no, it's uh, it's interesting. Obviously, uh, going through high school, you you're always in that dilemma of wondering what you're going to do with your life, and uh, at the end of uh, during year 12 i decided to go you know into uni and uh, did a bachelor of information technology Uh, i soon realized at the end of that degree i wasn't well suited to software coding and uh decided to open a small business specializing in mazda rotary parts of all things Uh, because that that was one of my uh passions growing up so um from that i actually had exposure to warehousing procurement and uh stock control um So I ran that for about 18 months, and you can understand the, the ups and downs of a small business, especially when I'm 20. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't going to be quite successful, and uh, I realised very quickly I needed to understand how to do this better. Um, so I uh, had a friend who joined the Air Force, and I always had the passion to join the Defence Force. So I went into recruiting and said, look, here's my skill sets, and they just instantly said, hey, you would be well-suited to be a supply officer. Yeah. I went, okay, what does that do? And it, it was exactly what I'd been doing with my small business as well as the IT. Nice. So um, so I said, okay, well, sign me up. So I went through the process and uh, sure enough, uh, was successful. So my first posting as a supply officer was up to Darwin, oh. uh, to Rathbase Darwin. So there I was in charge as, as a young, you know, 21-year-old of about, 80 people looking after the warehousing for the whole of the base, so all the aircraft that were flying up there, uh, as well as procurement for the base, uh, as well as governance and stock control. So wow. just being exposed to that was at that at that age, for management as well as all the techniques of supply chain just blew my mind. I went, wow, this is great. And uh, ever since then, I've just been loving supply chain and, and trying to improve it and understand it better. So yeah. Um, yeah, it's been
0: great. Wow. It would have been a real baptism of fire going to Darwin. Like for listeners that's in, who are from overseas, that's in the north of Australia, quite humid and hot. And it's a sizable yeah. airbase up there, isn't it? Like it's.
1: it, it is. It's um an in- international airbase, so uh, we're actually it's a joint user airfield, so we share that with the Darwin Airport. And uh, it's it's really the northern part of Australia. So if we were to be, um, uh, I guess. Viewed upon from a, a, a military strategic viewpoint, that would be a very important place to uh, launch and yeah. operations for the future. So, a, a very important part of uh, of the military, and and one that was quite quite a, a challenge in the, in the busy air force base, and still is today.
0: So. Yeah. So, George, what what was it that then triggered you to go, okay, what is excellence in supply chain, and to really start researching and investigating and applying like i know you have throughout your career like what was that trigger point on that
1: yeah i I think it sort of came down to you know being that junior officer and running you know the warehouse and and obviously you'd get those orders in and, and people would say okay we're gonna fulfill that order uh in a day and you'd go but the the parts are sitting on the shelf why can't we do that quicker and, and there's a lot of why, 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 which is, you know, part of that lean methodology. And, and people would invariably come back to me and say, well, that's just the way business is. That's how we do it here. You know, it's that old mentality or thinking that, well, if it works and no one's really complained, why should we improve? Yeah. So I didn't take that viewpoint. I, I said, no, let's let's see if we can actually do better. Let, let's see if we can improve that process. So through through that... We, we actually got exposed to, um, uh, I guess, lean thinking, agile thinking, uh, and it prompted me to actually enrol into a, a Master of Business at RMIT, uh, with Logistics Management. And from there, I was exposed to uh, lean thinking. Um, we, we saw a presentation from, um, uh, there was a, a person called Peter Tatum, um, as well as uh, a person from Cardiff University who, know as part of that whole lean thinking enterprise and and just being part of that presentation and getting them to talk about the simplicity of you know that system and how it can be applied to anything uh it, it just really resonated with me to go well let's let's start looking at this a bit further so yeah yeah
0: so you had the motivation you you had the energy to make a difference and then you got some of the inspiration and knowledge i'd say with it being cardiff university it would have been someone linked to peter hines or peter hines himself that was probably
1: in fact i think now that you mentioned peter hines was one of the presenters he, he was just very passionate and enthusiastic and yeah you know certainly uh jumped on to his philosophy in his way. Uh, yeah he's, he's been extremely successful in that way
0: yeah, yeah. George, what, over the time then applying Agile and Lean, and I know you've done some work in Six Sigma too, into supply chain, what's been the unique differences with supply chain and the key learnings of how to make it successful and how to do it well?
1: I think, um, you know, the biggest uh, successes for us or for me has been actually convincing people to be on that journey. Um, I think a lot of people... If you sort of tie it to lean thinking or, you know, the Toyota production system or, you know, you have those sort of um, phrases, people sort of start to tune out going, well, that might work for manufacturing, but it doesn't work for us in a warehouse or it doesn't work for us in in an office. So I think the key point is being able to explain it to someone uh, to actually get them to understand how this can add value to them in the future. Mm. I, I think from a defence background, if you look at it, it's, it's pretty rare that we actually can increase people. We get a budget, so we don't really increase our, our budget. So the only thing we can really improve is usually processes. So when you actually apply lean thinking or Six Sigma to a process and people can actually see the benefit of doing that, they're just empowered. They go, yeah. wow, this is amazing. So certainly empowerment of the people who are part of that process um, you need to get buy-in from management, um, and they need to understand why you're going down this path and how it's going to actually add value. Um, and and then once you do that, I think the results speak for themselves. Um, yeah. I was I was actually fortunate to do um, the induction training for for Boeing, and uh, Boeing, as you would be aware, is uh, is a big proponent of uh, lean thinking yeah. uh, in their terms of manufacturing, but We uh, we sat down in the Boeing office in Brisbane and uh, all the inductees were told, okay, you need to make some paper aeroplanes. So we've broken up into groups. Okay, you need to make a paper aeroplane. So everyone does the paper aeroplane. Okay, you now need to make 10 of these paper aeroplanes in one minute. And everyone's going, okay, how do we do that? You know, everyone's coming up with their process. And obviously we fail. We go, wow, you didn't do it. You've got the, the wings wrong. You know, they do the quality inspection. So then we reflect and then we, you know, we're, we're told a bit more about lean thinking and how you look for waste in the, in the process and how you can improve quality through Six Sigma, et cetera. Um, so after a couple of hours of going through that, we then did the, the paper aeroplane uh, exercise again. But this time we applied lean thinking, Six Sigma techniques to it. And uh, the group was amazed at yeah. how we could actually produce paper aeroplanes in the minute. And people, people got it. They just yeah. went, wow, this is amazing. So once you've inducted that culture at the start, it's very easy to tell people you're now part of an organisation that promotes lean thinking. And people just start to think, you know, big picture, blue sky, how can we improve things? So I think if you can, you know, empower your people, get management on board or the executive on board. But by doing those simple exercises, it's powerful.
0: Yeah, I I believe in the paper airplane side. I learned that by a chap called Jeff Sutherland, one of the creators of Scrum and Agile, and it works. You can't beat the paper airplane approach. No, it's so simple. simple. All you need is a wad of paper and you can yep. run run the experiment, the process with people. It's cool. Yep. So, George, I'm, I'm really hearing that the key is to get leaders and people on board, empower people, you know, train them in a practical, simple way, and then, you know, the results the one thing i really like about the get where you're talking about getting people on board is that in government and in supply chains like i see it all the time that there is hardly any chance of getting more resource like it's virtually like one of the drivers is there is no more resource yes there's going to be more capacity come down but there's no more resource now that can be seen as a negative and really destroy a culture can't it but if you can rally that culture and have everyone go, Okay, there's no more resource. I don't wanna be working like a crazy person the rest of my life and burn myself out. Okay, here's an answer. Let's understand how to get rid of waste and how to make things flow. That's really insightful.
1: Yeah, no, it's spot on. And and look, that's you know, that's our mantra. To some degree within government that we've got to look at how we can improve those processes because, as you said, we're not going to get re- more resources instantaneously. Yeah. Um, and we're not going to get more funding, you know, for our budget, so we need to be smarter in how we do business. And, you know, it's surprising how once you get people into a room and get them to sort of like take the shackles off and start thinking a bit more blue sky in their thinking, um, it's amazing how they can come up with some great ideas to improve that process. Mm. But once, you know, once you put that, and, and again, the post-it note is, is such an effective tool, you know, you, you put it up on the whiteboard or around the room, put those post-it notes, and I see behind you as well, Brad, you've got exactly <laughs> the same, same style. Once you do that, people can actually start to question and go, why do we do that? How Mm. does it add value? You know, let's take that away and see how that's going to improve it. And the beauty of lean thinking, you know, you can do a kaizen activity. You can do it instantaneously. You know, you start in the morning. By the afternoon, you have a new process that you've implemented. Extremely powerful. It's
0: great. And so the win there that I can hear clearly is people are getting empowered. They're getting educated and skilled in some really good life skills but then they're also then able to run improvement to free themselves up and actually create time in a workplace where they're just overcooked. George, what, what do you find stops people actually doing this? Because you're talking like half day, a day type of thing, aren't you? You're not talking yeah. huge amounts of time. But no. what stops people doing this and rather they stay in that firefighting mode of just flat out, flat out, flat out, annoyed?
1: I think the, the, the cases I've seen, people uh, obviously say this is the way we've always done it, uh, we're not going to get supported if we change it. So there's that old school mentality to some degree. Uh, there's perceptions that people go, when I was 20 years younger, this is how it worked and it worked for me okay, so I don't see a need why we should change. Uh, people will always look through rose-colored glasses regardless of what level they are at in mm. the organization. Uh, and I think that hampers their viewpoint of being able to embrace change and, and accept that change is continuous. It's constant. So um, people just put up their own artificial roadblocks. Um, but that's that's the trick. you know if you, if you can empower the person and you can do that by doing, think mm. you can eliminate those roadblocks. I've had a number of people in uh, where we've done uh, Kaizen activities. Uh, we've got them to be, you know, at the start of the day, they said this isn't going to work, I don't want to be part of it. Um, at the end of it, they're going, wow, this is amazing, this is fantastic. And, and people hear that all the time, you know, it can be a bit of a cliche, but I, once you see it, Mm. And you can see the the change. It's, it's again, it's amazing. People actually do get on board and they get it. So yeah. I think just keeping it simple, telling people that, you know, open your mind to what can occur um, and, and then just let the process work. See see what you get out of it. It's, it's pretty unusual that I've seen after someone's gone through an, a, a lean activity that they would go, that was a waste of time.
0: Yeah. So it sounds like a key word there is, is empowerment that you're talking about, you know, that it's the leadership and the business has got to be in a position where they're like, okay, we know we need to make a change. We're not going to get more resource. We, but we have to be able to empower people. And that's the caveat. I'm guessing if, if the business and the leadership don't empower people and help their ideas get enacted quickly, it can really die in the vine
1: yes absolutely absolutely and and that's part of that lean thinking that you know once you've made the change it has to be sustainable
0: Mm.
1: you know so if if i you know have been the leader of that change and then i move on to another posting or another you know job and then it dies to some degree you have failed because you haven't empowered everyone to continue that that Mm. change or sustain it so um You know, once you've done the changes, you have to ensure that this is going to be, you know, sustained for the future and essentially continue to be improved on. Because what you did back in 2019, 2018, you know, you'd like to think in 2020, 2021, things are going to improve. You can do that activity again and make some more um, changes for the better.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you get that whole culture of continuous improvement. One thing I'm hearing too, George, from our conversation is that like, the key is that leadership is geared to actually empower and help people make the change, which sometimes you can have leadership, which is very dominant and they don't want to. But I can hear from our conversation when you're talking like government or you're talking a supply chain where there's no more resource, there's a clear win-win there that the leadership need to achieve their results and they're driven to achieve their results. The people a flat chat under pressure and they, if they're aware of it, they will know they want to release that pressure. And so there's a clear win-win, isn't there? It's like release the pressure, create flow and get rid of waste. That yep. frees up the people and creates time. And then for leadership, that provides the leadership, the results they want, which is a better performance and better productivity and better outcomes.
1: Yep, but it's connecting, the,
0: it's connecting the dots. That's the key that I hear.
1: Correct. Correct. Because you have to... Um you know, convince management or uh, the executive leadership to say, invest some time and effort into doing yeah. this activity and you'll reap the reward. Yeah. And once they see that, they're on board. Mm-hmm. You know, like for me, when I was um, um, commanding officer for RAF Base council, we, we did a whole bunch of lean activities and uh, we started off at the maintenance uh, area. So in terms of, you know, uh, maintaining our, our military vehicles, um, we, we were sort of waiting to order the parts when the vehicle got in instead of sort of like, being preemptive and saying, well, we know this vehicle's coming in for a, a, a service. Let's get the parts in early mm. in preparation, you know, similar to what Toyota do every time you go get your Toyota, you know, service. So they they saw that and they loved it and they applied it to all the other bases around Australia. So you You start there and then you can roll it out into all the other areas that you know run a uh, run a rat base so it's 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 powerful that once you see the rewards it will, it will just keep flying yeah so that's that's the trick. Yeah.
0: yeah so so George, we've been talking about you know government supply chain applications where you know getting extra resources is really tough, and there's four key elements that you've mentioned so far. One is helping employees and leadership in those areas connect the dots between the win-win. Like for employees, you know, it's that creating more time that then takes the pressure off and makes things safer. Leadership, it's achieving results that they need to achieve. So it's really amazing what you've covered there to be able to connect those dots. It's then about empowerment, number two. Empower people, enable them to actually make the change and then train them, number three, in simple, practical ways about applying lean or agile. And then number four is supporting them to actually make the improvements and get the changes and get the gains and tracking it. Like it's a, a powerful four points for that type of industry. Yeah,
1: excellent. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. it's been good actually.
0: And George, what what advice, but would you give to someone if you were back at that twenty year old again and you were just geared into a, a governmental role, a defence force role, or a supply chain role in this, you know, minimal resource environment? where would you tell them to start?
1: Um, I think I would start at do your own research. So certainly, um, you know, I, I don't want to say Google as the term, but certainly uh, go and uh, look at the internet and, and just sort of see uh, what latest thinking and uh, trends could be out there that you could apply to the role that you're in. Mm. Um, I would certainly uh, suggest trying to find a champion or a mentor potentially uh, for that person to, uh, to sort of like be a sanding board. I, I found that that has helped uh, over the years. Um, and I think the, the key thing is that change is continuous. Mm. You know, there's there's a lot of people out there that go, oh, I don't want to change. I don't want to jump on that bus to, to change. I, I, I don't like change. Well, Instead, I sort of say pivot it, you know, change it in your philosophy and your mindset to go change is actually good. Embrace Mm. change. Look for the positivity out of change. So what you do now as a 20-year-old to what you do as a 40-year-old is going to be different, but understand how that journey is, Mm. you know. And provided that you understand where you've come from or where you're going, I think change is powerful because Mm. I think that does force you to think about how you can improve. And it comes down to that philosophy of continuous improvement. Really, that is what change is all about. Yeah. That is the key to to lean thinking. You know, like Toyota does not make vehicles like they did in the 60s Mm. in 2021. Yeah. Um, It's that continuous journey. uh, It's that continuous improvement. And it's all about change. So I think once you've accepted that, I think you can release that burden and you can actually embrace it and, and you're a better person for yeah. it and, and your organisation.
0: Yeah, well, George, I really appreciate that knowledge, mate, and helping us, you know, help others create a better future for themselves and for others. And for these industries where getting extra resources is not really an option. You know, it's, we've got to create more flow and outcomes to have that better future. George, on, for yourself, like what is a recent thing you've learned or a recent insight you've had that's sort of taken you back a little bit?
1: Um, well, currently I'm working for the National Bushfire Recovery Agency. I'm seconded from Air Force uh, into this new agency and we're actually going to be morphing into a, a new agency uh, mid-year looking at natural disasters and, and how we as a federal agency can assist, uh, you know, Uh, councils as well as state government. And, um, you know, for me, who's been with a logistics background and we've just spoken about lean thinking and and certainly a a strong defence background where we go to response, it's been interesting to go into the recovery side. Mm. And the one thing that I've noted is that the skill set that I have, which I thought would not be easily applied to a recovery setting, is in fact easily applied. Because yeah. everything that we've spoken about can hit home in terms of that recovery, because they have processes, they have limited resources. They're looking at how they can improve when we have the next disaster, how that can be approved upon, how we can ensure that, you know, uh, federal funding or grants, etc. can get to that individual affected sooner, quicker. You know, so if you just, Instead of saying a warehouse with the widget, getting from, you know, the the supplier to the customer, you can say the same for that service setting. Um, so I think that's actually been really good for me to go, well, I've got this background, I can apply this now in my current role and, and actually get some successes. And, and that, again, is powerful. It's just seeing that change and how people go, yeah, that makes sense. Why are we doing it this way? Why why do we have that waste in that process? Um, so I think I think that's been really beneficial for me to to be able to see that.
0: Yeah, and George, what a what a powerful space to be applying it to. Like I was only watching a show last night on a lot of the impact of the bushfires and the recovery, and it's it's happening. We've got the floods now, don't we? In uh, we we do. Yeah, it's, in New South it keeps Wales. coming. So it's, it's such an amazing cause that you're working for there, mate. And I can see as you apply lean thinking and agile thinking and get more flow and performance in that recovery piece, that's going to be amazing. So, mate, George, thank you for coming on the show and sharing your knowledge. And thank you for all the work you're doing to create a better future. Mate, really appreciate it.
1: No, thank you, Brad. I uh, really appreciate you uh, taking the opportunity to interview me. It's been really beneficial from my perspective too. So thank you for that. Cheers,
0: George. Talk soon. There were two key takeaways for me from this episode. One, connect the wins. Two, train practically. Takeaway number one is about helping frontline employees and leaders connect the wins. In government and many supply chain environments, there is a clearly aligned win. Continuously improving to help frontline employees reduce work pressure, improve safety, and also quality of work. Whenever people are overburdened in environments like these, quality and safety outcomes can be poor. Helping teams in resource-scarce environments develop skills and continuous improvement to eliminate waste and help themselves as well as their customers is amazing. The leaders in these environments gain the benefit also of less pressure as well as improved results. The second takeaway, train practically, is a great approach. Giving people the training and then some ongoing coaching to help them develop capability in a few key continuous improvement approaches is quite simple. It does not take a lot of time and when delivered practically, helps people bridge the knowing doing gap quickly and start achieving results. Thanks again for your time and knowledge George, we really appreciate it. Bye for now.